Hello, everybody. Golly. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to FCA Reinhardt Podcast. Take one. Here with uh, Sam, Grayson, James, What's and that? Mary Salter Ormsby. That's right. And we're starting a podcast. Mary, why don't you tell them why we're starting a podcast? Great question. I have no clue. I was just told I was going to be a part of this, so I'm excited to be here. Sam, you want to take a want to take a stab? Um, I think just because we wanted to, and we can, and we're fun people. That sounds y'all like a good enough people. reason for me. Y'all are y'all are ce- celebrities of Reinhardt. Here's here, here's the thing. I I have a lot to say. You do. It might not be good, but I got a lot. This just gives you another chance to hear me. I also have a lot to say based off of what Cooper says. This gives you, you guys, the majority of you get maybe two hours with either Mary or I, maybe three per week. That leaves another 165 that you don't know about. We spend a fair amount of time together, Mary and Sam, right? For sure. Yeah. So we know each other better than most people know us. And we have a lot left on the table. The students. Okay, the, yeah, the yeah, students, yeah, for The sure. students, the for students. Sure. And so I feel like this gives an insight. This is, not, this is not meant to be like a groundbreaking, mind-blowing podcast. Why not? This is just, it, it might be. <laughs> this is just something you can throw on and just listen while you're doing some dishes that have been stacking up in your sink for three weeks because you're gross and you let your dishes get all crusty. And everybody who says that they soak their dishes are just lazy. I soak my dishes. I do, I do too. <laughs> Bro, soaking dishes is just... It, sometimes the food won't come off and you need it to soak for a dude, bit. Uh, sometimes it's, it's an you're lazy. Yeah. It's your lazy. Okay. That's good to know. I, Just saying. Um, so yeah, this podcast is going to be a great time. And hey, man, welcome to FCA Reinhardt Podcast. Take one. Take one. All right, Sam, give us a question. Give all us something right. to talk about. All right, all right, all right. It's 3 a.m. You're driving. You got a long. You got a long road trip, right? What What are you getting at the 24 hour gas station? What are you getting at the QT? You got You got three hours left in your in your drive. You're going wherever. What What are you What are you getting to sustain you through the rest of the night? I'll let Mary go first. All right. Great question. I my immediate thought is either a Crunch Bar or a Kit Kat. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and probably a Powerade. No. I'm not a big coffee girl. So I, I would probably just get a Powerade. I'm not a big energy drink girl either. But Just so we're clear, you're going to fall asleep and crash. Oh, absolutely. I fall asleep almost every time I'm behind the wheel. <laughs> like just naturally, like everywhere I go. Like this isn't new f- new for me. So it's, when This I, scenario doesn't mean that it's going to make me any more tired. I'm very familiar with this scenario. I got engaged me, me too. in New Orleans, and we were getting married in in Georgia. And every weekend, we would come back to Georgia from New Orleans, an eight hour trip to plan help plan the wedding. And we would leave after my wife, then fiance, got off work at five o'clock. And we would drive through the evening. So I, I I can tell you my exact order. At three a.m., you know we're about three episodes of Pretty Little Liars into the road trip at this point. For sure, goaded show by the way, and. I'm mixing substances. I'm mixing chocolate milk and energy drinks. I'm making sure that my stomach is not comfortable. And I'm going to throw a honey bun in there with some honey roasted mm. peanuts. That sounds great. I got a question. Yeah. It's, it's in two separate containers, though, right? Okay. Right? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not pouring them together. No, oh. no. It definitely no, 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 sounded no. like you were mixing those. No, 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 no. That's no. crazy. I'm, I'm going to down the two five-hour energies first. Then I'm going to throw back the chocolate milk for a little bit. And then I'm going to get my energy drink, which is probably going to be a sugar-free Red Bull. I also refuse to stop. Like if I, in this scenario, if I'm by myself, I'm not stopping. We stop often. Like every love. I feel like I'm too, I'm too vulnerable. That's why we stop at a loves. Well lit. Very well lit. Very well lit. No flying J. But I can't defend myself. Like I'm too small. You think? You feel like you're going to get kidnapped? Yes, Absolutely. I wonder, I you know, being being a 6'6 six, six male, tough. I can't identify with that. I've never been intimidated by another human. Never. Right. It's the daily fear that most girls feel. I hate that. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I, I constantly think everywhere I go, oh, yeah. if I'm not with somebody, that at any moment somebody could come and snatch me. Why my, do you think that my is? My wife calls me every time she's in a parking garage. It's happened to a few of my friends. They've been snatched? Yeah. I'm not kidding. When I was in college. Like gone? No, but That's a lot awful. has happened. That's yeah. awful. Yeah. Very oh scary. Gosh. Are they okay? They're okay physically. Yeah. A lot of PTSD probably. Yes. Trauma. Yes. I think that's just a Statesboro thing. <laughs> like, I don't it think that happens. No, it's stuff. not a Statesboro thing. It's a Metro Atlanta thing. That we are the happen. biggest sex trafficking hub in America is Atlanta. You think that happens on Canton Street in Roswell? Oh, yeah. That happens at the Targets at Canton Marketplace. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm very scared like that. That's why I like to be with people when I go places. Big groups. Big groups, for sure. That's why, like, I'll be honest. So I'm not stopping at 3 a.m. That's why I like being 6'6". Six, six. Riley's with you. Riley's with me? Yeah. Okay, Riley, but if he driving. is with me, if he has fallen asleep, this sounds crazy. I still would not stop the what I do to stay awake. And obviously, no one can see this visual, but I put both hands on the steering wheel and just rock back and forward. Oh, the violent rocking? Yes, I've done that before. Yes, the violent rocking to I stay awake. I violently rock. I, I'll roll down the window, and if I'm by myself and I'm getting tired, I'll roll down my window, stick my head out the window, and violently scream. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And then I'll pull over and take a nap. That just makes total sense to me. I just, if I'm by myself, even if I'm with my family and I get a little tired, I'll like just pop off to a loves. We'll take like a 20-minute rest. I'll For close sure. my eyes, get a little power nap. It's not worth it. No, I would never do that. It's not I worth it. I would never do that. Do what? Take a nap? Yeah, never. No. Got to power through. I take my chances. I mean, I usually power through, but I also don't want to close my... I had an uncle who fell asleep at the wheel coming home for Christmas, and he passed away in the median with his family in the car. This is such a sad podcast, guys. We got to lift it up. Well, well, maybe like a bright side. Golly, you're right. Story. This is dark. Yeah, let's go. Is like, you know, a lot of people want to go while they're sleeping. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. New question, Sam. Let's move on. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know? No, no, no. no. That's crazy. I, uh, I was trying to uplift the situation. Uh, Can we cut this whole part? Because I just wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get better. We gotta get better. This We're gonna get better. Gotta start somewhere. Gotta start somewhere. Anyway. Alright, Don. Next question. What character in the Bible do you think you would just be absolutely just homies with? That like you, 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 you like y'all would be boys. You go, Cooper. 
I'll tell you right now who I'd beef with. Yeah, that that works. I'll tell you right now who I would beef with. Easily would beef with this man Gideon. Really? He's a coward? Yeah, little punk. Wine press? Little punk. Oh, no, God can't do it. Uh Uh-uh, what about a David Goggins, this faith stuff, baby? What about Jonah? I wouldn't beef with Jonah. I feel Jonah. You know how many times I've run away from the from the call of God? You're like, I'm hopping on the ship with Jonah. <laughs> like, dog, let's go. <laughs> call of God is not easy. I, I, that's true. I, f- I feel like there's a lot of people that I jive with, a lot of people that I would beef with. I'll tell you right now who I beef with. I beef with a boy, Judas. I mean, that, that's on site. That's on site. That's, <laughs> on site. that's too easy. <laughs> On site. You letting him leave that last supper? Um. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't know what's going on, but if I found out later, and I'm the and I'm the disciples, we're rolling eleven deep. I <laughs> <laughs> got Sam weak. That was good. That was funny. That was funny. I I think I'd be, I think I'd be homies with uh, John the Baptist for sure. He just he's just kind of that guy. I think. Mordecai and I would would be good buds. Mordecai's a guy. Mordecai's He's a guy. Dude. You know, like I I do think that we would have been besties. The thing with Mordecai though is if he he'd push my buttons and hold me accountable, and that that's tough. That would be hard, but yeah. I I appreciate that. So maybe Mordecai Mordecai feels like the forgotten. You know, like part of like people don't think about Mordecai, but I love him. You know what I think it would be a good time? Job's kids. Oh, for sure. Their, party, party, their parties night. had to go crazy. Partying every night. They died partying. <laughs> At least they went out with a bang. A crash. A big old crash. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Mary, let me ask you this question. When the Bible tells us to be thankful and life is really, really hard, how can we be thankful when life is hard? It's a good question. Do is this like you want me to get deep or I want you to answer the question. Okay. Um currently I am walking through a hard season um with a lot of um I'm I'm trying to think of the best word to maybe describe how I feel but a lot of confusion I'm um, in a lot of hurt and trying to be thankful in the midst of that is not always easy um, but I think clinging to the truth of God knowing that he has good intended for me even if I do not see my situation as good um, I think it's easy for us to Thank God in the really good times and on the high tops, but what does it look like for us to thank the Lord um, in the valleys, in the pit, when it's dark and when it feels really lonely? So um, I'm walking through that and trying to figure out kind of what that looks like. And so being in the Word consistently has helped me greatly. It has helped me cling to the truths of God. If you are not in the Word and you are walking through a hard season, um, it will continue to get harder, and you will feel more isolated um, mm. each day. And so consistently reading truth 
speaking truth. That's why scripture, memory, that's why reading um, the Bible is so important because if you are not clothed in that, um, you will start blaming God for the hard or bad things in your life instead of thanking him for them. So I hope that answered your question. I think it's good to think about it in the way that in difficult circumstances, what the enemy wants us to do is separate us from God. Right. Because if the enemy can get us to separate ourselves from God, our foundation, our stronghold, our refuge, our hiding place, then he wins. Mm -hmm. And I think I've talked about this before in in staff and maybe in one-on-ones, but Ambrose of Milan, a fifth century preacher, says you can view every situation either as Satan tempting Mm -hmm. you in order to destroy Mm -hmm. you or as God testing you in order to build you. Yeah. Our whole journey in faith is about being tested and being tried so that we can grow. And the reality is, is that as much as we want the mountaintops, you don't have a mountaintop unless you have a valley. Right. You don't have a mountaintop unless you have ground zero. And if you've ever been hiking, I know we live in Georgia and for the most part, we just have hills. But if you've ever been hiking in mountains, like in the, in the West, if you go and you hike, when you're at the mountaintop, There's no trees, there's no bushes, there's hardly any vegetation or any growth. All the growth that happens in nature is in the valleys. And I believe the same thing is true about our relationship with God and our relationship as a human to life in general, is that if we want to grow, it has to be through hard things. And I think for our athletes listening, they know that better than anybody. You want to get better at your sport, it's going to be tough. You want to get better uh, in the weight room, it's going to be tough and it's going to be painful. And the same thing is true in every season of life. And that's the beautiful thing, too, that I think I'm reminded of in, in times of difficulty. The way I can be thankful is that when I look back at times that were difficult, I understand mm-hmm. how, that they, have, how they have prepared me for, for now and how I'm able to walk better and more strongly. And I think it's okay to blame God. It's not okay to stay there. Right. It's okay to be honest. I think a lot of times we're afraid to get honest with God and we don't say, Hey, God, like, life sucks, and I'm pretty pissed off at you because you're putting me here. Like, if you're in control, why am I going through this? And that's okay to say. You know, Job says in the book of Job, like, darkness is my only friend when he's praying to God. Like, darkness is it. Everybody's abandoned me, including you, God. But he's still praying to God. I think in the midst, to be able to be thankful is to be able to understand we still have God, even though everything around us is falling. And is Jesus enough? It's a good question. Is Jesus enough for you, or did you need what you were chasing? Is Jesus enough, or did you need that relationship? Is Jesus enough, or did you need that trophy you were chasing? Is Jesus enough, or did you need that outcome, right? And we all say, yeah, of course Jesus is enough, but it becomes really, really difficult when you have to live that out. Well, I I will counter. Um, I, I would disagree um, with you on the blaming God. Um, I think this is why as Christians, we should hate sin so much, like, because our world is fallen and broken, like through these tough situations, I blame our sinfulness. Like I, I blame, like, this is why we should hate sin Mm. because the things that have happened in my life that suck are as they're a result of our sinfulness. And so, um, it's hard for me to reason and and maybe in years to come, I'll change my opinion, but to fully blame God, um, I think can be a dangerous place 
to allow yourself to go because first and foremost, you um, should be blaming the sinfulness of mankind and what we have fallen to and how it has marred and distorted um, God's image in us, but also our, our whole entire world. And um, so, yeah, I'm quick to blame. I'm quick to blame sin and the enemy before God. Yeah. But I understand what you're well, saying. As God allows us to walk through things, and if He could stop it, why wouldn't He? And I understand that side of of blame. But on the other hand, that's the other way that I see it. Yeah, let me clarify because I don't think I was very clear. It's okay to blame God. It's not okay to stay blaming God. Right. Because it's not God that's punishing you. It's not God who's taking things away from you. It is God who may be breaking you, but he's doing it for good. Romans eight twenty eight. Sure. Everything is done for the good of those who love him and for the glory of God. So I think it's okay to get to a place where you're mad at God. But I think when we're honest with God, he meets us in our deepest, darkest place at that low moment when we're blaming him. And he says... No, actually, it's it's not me. It is your brokenness. It is your sinfulness. The same way he does Job, Job 36 through 38. He's like, who, Job, who are you again? Hmm. Did did you place the stars in the sky? Did you tell the sea to go this far and no further? Do you give the deer food whenever it's hungry? And do you ever give the animals water when they're thirsty? Do you know how many hairs are upon your head? Like, I'm God, dude. You're not. And he puts Job back into his place, which is a lot of time what we have to walk through in hmm. order for us to get a right uh, orientation of our relationship again. But yeah, hating sin is big. I think a lot of us don't hate sin enough. Right. We're okay with it. It's good to lament, right? Like we see all throughout scripture where men are lamenting and going to God with honest thoughts. And I never want to be the person that's like, don't be honest about what you're feeling. Um, and just thank God through this season. Yes. Thank God. But also God is all knowing, Right. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. he already knows how we feel. But once we say it out loud or we say it to God, it makes it feel more real. And I think a lot of people shy away from that, um, which is, I think, a part of grieving, a part of lamenting, a part of um, asking God to come into the situation and actually be in control instead of ourselves because we think we can fix everything. And I think we have been so conditioned to not be vulnerable Mm, right? because we've been hurt so many times when we have been vulnerable that our physiological response to be vulnerable with God is don't do it. He's going to hurt you too. Right. And the only person in all of human history who will never betray us is going to be God. Mm -hmm. And he's the one person we can ultimately be vulnerable to. Psalm 139, doesn't matter if I go to the mountaintops or the seas, you know where I'm at. You know my thoughts before I think them, the words before I say them. You know when I'm going to lie down in my dreams before I even go to sleep. And so I think what struggle a lot of us have is we don't want people to know the fullness of us because we're sinful. Yet God already knows the fullness of us, and he still loves us. Romans 5, he died for us while we were still sinners. So I think I think that's good, Mary. Great, 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 great thoughts on that. I have one more thought that Bring you made it. me think when Let's you go. said um, we don't do vulnerability well with other people. And then I would um, piggyback off of that saying that that's why Christian community is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, when we bring things to the light, when we – I found a lot of healing in – confiding in other Christians who also can point me towards holiness. Um, because when I'm in a pit and I'm not going to God, 
the people around me who love the Lord and who love me in turn because of that will help push me back towards Christ. And so that's necessary um, for your walk in the faith. Um, And I, I have a lot of healing when I bring things to other Christian people who I know can pray for me who I know will be there for me and will also point me back to truth when I'm getting out of line. Mm. Um, And so I would say, yes, be vulnerable, but I would also caution you to be vulnerable with the people you know are going to give you a biblical response, not just what the advice of the world would be. And I think there's a, a, there's a difference between being honest and being vulnerable. Sure. A lot of us can be honest while still hiding who we are Mm -hmm. and we'll be honest in a way that presents ourselves to be good or appealing. And we'll be honest insofar as it is uh, positive to our self image. Being vulnerable is opening up, not knowing how the other person's going to respond when they see the dark side of you, the sinful side of you. And in life, you can either choose to be vulnerable or not. And if you're not vulnerable, you guarantee yourself loneliness. Mm. You guarantee yourself a superficial life where nobody truly knows you. I mean, to to be loved is to be known. And if you're not known, you can't fully be loved. And that's why Jesus loves us so greatly is because he knows us deeply and intimately. And vulnerability is opening ourselves up, saying, hey, this is the dark side of me. This is the sinful part of me. But I need you to see it and walk with me and carry me and to help me in sanctification. And we've talked about it before. It's something I've said at FCA. Either you drag your sin to the light or it's going to drag you. And one way is a lot easier to deal with it than the other. One's a lot more biblical than the other in healing. Um, Can I share the Timothy Keller quote that you were pretty much already quoting? Yeah. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. Read, read, read that again. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. That's huge. Huge. And I think the best way that we can practice that. We all want to be loved. Mm -hmm. I think the number one way that we can practice that is by loving others. I think the number one way that we practice that is by loving others. Right. And we be the person that other people know, hey, Mary's going to love me no matter what. Coop's Mm going to love me no matter what. It doesn't matter what I bring to them, what I show them, what sin I committed. They're going to love me and they're going to pray with me. They're going to walk with me. And that's, that's what I hope, at least in my life, that when I leave this earth, a lot of people will remember is that it didn't matter, but I can still go to Coop. Right. And then my hope is too, that in life I find that place where I can be loved, Mm. you know, because that is a deep, deep desire of all people to be loved, to be accepted, to be seen, to be cared for, to be cherished. And I think we find that in Christian community where we're not expecting anything in return, where we're just doing life together, knowing that we're hypocrites, knowing that we're going to fail, knowing that we're going to fall short, but we love each other anyway. That's good. Quick question. Mary, you're drinking Dunkin' Donuts right now. Are you a Dunkin' girl or a Starbucks girl? Good question. I, I, I'm i going to be honest. I don't really care for both. Um, mm. I am a more local coffee shop kind of girl. Like my preferred around this area, I'll shout them out, um, is Bizarre Coffee downtown sure. Canton. That is my preferred coffee. 
we just didn't have enough space to sit. That's true. That's true. I worked at Starbucks for five years. So what are you, Dunkin' or Starbucks? Um, if I had to choose between the two, I'm doing Starbucks every time. I probably would also choose Stars- Starbucks, but Dunkin's cheaper. I've literally never had a positive experience at a Dunkin' Donut. That's crazy. The only positive is when I'm like, just give me black coffee, which is what I usually do anyway. But even like their espresso just tastes like toasted acorns charred in fish liver. I more often go to Dunkin' than Starbucks, though. Uh, because near campus, there's not a drive through Starbucks. Right. It's a fatal flaw. Fatal flaw. Sam? Sam? I'm a, I'm a Dunkin' guy. Donkeys. I, uh, I measure, measure things on uh, taste-to-value ratios. <laughs> and I feel like the, uh, the Dunkin' experience is, is higher. My personal favorite, though, Monster Coffee. Monster coffee? Yeah. Like the energy drink yeah. monster? Yeah. That's funny. Java monster. <laughs> Specifically Java. Yeah. No, for sure. I do have a question, not to not to backtrack, but uh, when y'all were talking about Christian community, um, I feel a lot of people on campus and a lot of people just in general that are college students in our age crave Christian community a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something they really, really want. And a lot of people have a, lot, a really hard time finding it. Why do you think? Uh, why do you think that is? And someone who's maybe in the search of godly friends, how would you recommend finding them? That's a great question, Sam. I have thoughts, but Coop, do you want to start this one off? I started the last one. No, off. you go. Okay. I think Christian community takes time to cultivate. For sure. Um, I think a lot of people desire Christian community, but they're not willing to put the work in to have it. And it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time and a lot of energy to invest in people. And that's what Christian community is, is investing in each other and carrying each other's burdens. And that's messy and it's hard. And I think a lot of people want the reward um, and the benefits of it without having to actually be a good friend or to actually care for people. Um, And they want to be cared for, um, but lack caring for others well so i'm not saying that's always true wait, wait, let, let, me, let me let me speak on that yeah go ahead because this is what i've experienced i've experienced that that's what people say that's not how they act I, i've experienced that they get burnt out of carrying other people's burdens because nobody's carrying theirs and they blame everybody but nobody knew what their burdens were sure because we're really good about getting into christian community and what we'll do is we'll say hey i got a really broad back and strong shoulders tell me what's going on in your life and i'll help you walk through it i'll give you scripture i'll pray with you i'll stay up late talking about your problems and then we get resentful and our heart gets bitter because nobody has come to us and say hey Coop, what are you struggling with? Like, what are you going through? I see you caring for everybody else. Can I care for you for a little bit? Instead of them taking the step to say, hey, I'm struggling and I need somebody to walk with me and uplift me right now. I need some encouragement. I need somebody to call me out on my sin patterns. They never give other people the opportunity to properly care for them because they're not vulnerable. And one of the trademarks of Christian community is vulnerability. You cannot do proper Christian community without vulnerability. You can't. As long as you are hiding things, they can't be cared for. As long as you are hiding broken things, they can't be healed. Until you bring it to the light, Jesus, that's where he heals it. And so I hear what you're saying, and I feel like it can be, 
yeah, least on the guy a, side. A two, it's a double right. Coin. But at least on the guy side, what I've experienced is they get burnt out because they don't feel like anybody's caring for them, but mm-hmm. they feel shameful that they have problems that other people have to carry. And they have to get over that lie of the enemy that says, hey, if you have problems, you're broken and nobody wants you because everybody has problems and everybody needs somebody. Yeah, I, I'll speak from my own college experience um, and having really great Christian community. What I noticed a lot was a lot of girls would often tell me, yeah, I really desire like really good friendships and really good Christian community, but they weren't willing to to actually invest. They, put in the work. They were not willing to put in the work. Um, and it's a lot of just showing up. And so... Um, I think also Christian community is doing life together, like not just meeting for a Bible study once a week, for sure. but like actually doing life together, like go have fun together. Like there is more to Christian community than just studying the word together. That's great. I hope you're doing that. You should be doing that as a Christian community, but also the Lord gives really good things in different forms, like using your hands together, being creative, cooking a meal together. Um, and I think that you can glorify God in those moments, using the abilities and talents that he gave you as a community to one, encourage each other, but also to spend quality time with one another. And I think, a lot of times in Christian community, when you only meet once a week, there can only be so much unity. And um, sorry, that just really threw me off. Yeah, and I think sorry. one of the things that I think is just being honest and being being real. I I don't cry much in my life, but I can vividly tell you the amount and the exact date that I've cried with dudes. Like I cried on my wedding day pretty much the entire day. I was not, never had a dry eye. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I was getting married. That's a big step. Like the day I proposed, I cried when I proposed, right? Like there's, there's hallmark moments in my life. Like when my daughter was born, I cried a little bit like hallmark moments, but there's been times when life was so heavy or when life was so heavy with somebody else where we sat down and because I was allowed to carry their burdens or they were allowed to carry my burdens that the Lord overwhelmed us with grace and mercy for each other from him that you just experience this spiritual overflow that you don't get anywhere else. And I believe that's where Christian relationships are forged is in those deep, intimate moments. And for guys, at least you can't get that unless you spend a lot of shoulder time together Mm. And shoulder time, I'm talking, unless you sit down on a couch for like 20 hours <laughs> and just watch football and maybe <laughs> yeah. say three sentences together, yeah, you're not going to open up. But it's until you spend that time, is what we call at FCA, that ministry of presence. Yeah. Yeah, I had another thought um, that's currently escaping me. But give me one second. Let me think. Okay. I like that. Ask me another question, Sam. Um, do you want to be serious or non serious? I'll rank. I'll rank fast food places. I'll rank fast food chicken. Wait, let me have this thought before we move on. Is it back? Hold on, y'all keep talking. So while I can't. while while you're while you're thinking, I will say uh, on on a dude's side, a lot of times friendships. My uh, my high school Bible teacher talked a lot about this. Um, he talked about a ninety ten rule. So the thing uh, in relationships with dudes is. Most of the time, it's just joking all the time, and everything's a joke, everything's funny, everything's nothing's taken seriously, and so a lot of people, especially like in college, 
have a relationship that's only built on jokes yeah, mm-hmm. and only built on the inside joke and the memes sure. and the group chat and stuff like that. And your relationship at the end of the day has no substance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So you need that 10% of seriousness, that 10%. And it's not, it's not obviously all the time. It's not often, but, uh, when it, when it is time and when the rubber has to meet the road, I think, yeah. you know, your real friendships by, what what that 10 is made of well and a yeah, lot of them don't good. have it and you know like as guys if somebody is super funny all the time they're usually hiding something right insecurities sure. or something um i remembered what i was going to say thank you for giving me some time You're and welcome. i fully agree with you sam grayson it kind of goes off of what you were saying i think even in christian community there's such a level of trust and acceptance that you know when you walk out of the room they're not going to talk crap about you right like that's such a big deal because i think in every other relationship that you have that is worldly the second you walk out they're waiting to attack you in some way um and in the comfort that you have of leaving a room of christians and knowing they want the best for me they're not going to sit here and talk crap about me and if something is an issue it will be brought to me and so Um, I think that's another reason that Christian community should be so attractive to so many people. And, and for me in college, that was a huge deal to, for the first time in my life to feel like I have friends, um, where I wasn't scared to leave the room. And I think a lot of girls feel that way because gossip is, is huge, especially with girls. Um, and so I think it's so nice and comforting to know, um, that you can, you can leave a room and not feel scared. (laughs) I want to validate this. I don't want to talk about it. We can come back to it on a different podcast. So I want to spend actually a whole podcast on this topic. Christian community is great. Betrayal really, really sucks. Mm -hmm. Like betrayal hurts like nothing else. Yeah. And I know we all have differing levels of betrayal that we've experienced. And I know for anybody who's listening, they have a narrative at some point in their life where they've been betrayed. And so I don't want to answer the question now, but in a future episode, I want to talk about like, how do we pursue vulnerability knowing that betrayal is a possibility? Knowing that betrayal is inevitable, right? How, how do we still pursue uh, Christian community? But the one thing that we can do is we can control us. We can't control everybody else. We can make sure that we don't gossip. We can, here's, here's one thing, gossip, gossip is talking falsely or negatively about somebody to somebody else without them in the room. Mm-hmm. What I think a lot more people struggle with is the sin of detraction, the sin of detraction, meaning they're saying true things about somebody, but to somebody who has no business hearing them, and especially without the person who they're talking about in the room. Yeah. So you may say true things like, Sam, you may open up to me about something you're struggling with, or I may know something that you did or something that you said, and the sin of detraction is me going to Mary and saying, hey, Mary, Sam did this. Like, right. it's true. I'm not saying anything false about Sam. I'm not over-exaggerating about Sam, but what I'm doing is that I'm taking his confession and I'm going to you with it in order to talk about Sam without Sam being in the room. Christians can get really good at that. And we do the really good. This is, you want to know how it happens a lot of times? Hey, Mary, we really need to pray for Sam because he's going through this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, classic. And what we have to do as Christians is when a brother or a sister opens up to us, we have to be really good about confidentiality. We have to be really good that that person knows that they have confidence in us, that we're taking it to God, not to other people. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. And 
I'm, I can think of situations um, that have happened in my own life regarding that very thing that have been hard to navigate and having to sit down with everyone that um, was involved and having hard conversations and, and sometimes um, it's quick. I'm quick. Um, I'm not going to say this is everybody, but I'm quick um, to just immediately take the blame even if I didn't do anything wrong because right. I just want it resolved. You would fall on the sword just so that the relationship right. can move right. forward. And, and, and that's not always a good place to be either. No. Um, so, yeah, for sure. Let's talk about yeah, that Yeah, we're coming back time. to that. We're not, we're not talking about that right now. We're <laughs> coming back. That's a rarely long topic and can be very sensitive. So, yeah, I'm excited to talk about that later. I want to rank fast food chicken sandwiches. Let's do it. Let's do it. Not chicken sandwiches. Can we just do fried chicken? Fried chicken in general? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like? Chicken fingers. Fast food. Fast food. Okay. okay. Fast food. Number one. You can take it or leave it. My number one, my number two. Raisin Cane's is my number one. Yeah. yeah. I don't Easily. I don't know. I've never Well, it's coming to Woodstock on Highway ninety two and I will high. frequent. I will be a frequent visitor. I don't know if they have a loyalty program, but I'll be on it. Let me let me tell you that. I don't know if I've ever had Cane's chicken. Number two is Popeyes. I love Spicy. Popeye's chicken. And then it's the Lord's chicken, Chick fil A. I, I will say Chick fil A is by far the most consistent. Mm. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Here's the reason I like Popeyes. You know the food's good when they're mean to you. No, I think that's <laughs> ridiculous. Don't ever say that again. <laughs> I don't agree with that. With, so, tell them about your theory uh, nah, that you're talking about. Nah. No? Nah. I don't want to I don't I don't want somebody to be mean to me. I just don't. I think there's like there's a reason Waffle House tastes so good. It's because they call me baby, sweetheart, honey, and really good southern action accent with some cigarette smoke on their breath we can cut this part out yeah we're gonna <laughs> we might leave it that's all right my, my bad let's just leave when it. you know there might be a, a a fight behind the grill that's why waffle house is good yeah you never know what you're gonna get food and a show or just food did right. i ever tell you about my uh auburn alabama uh waffle house experience no uh so it's uh it's me and kendall's uh anniversary right and uh we're after after an auburn game and so I go into the Waffle House. It's like 10 p.m. No one there. <laughs> There's not a worker there. There's not a customer there. It's just open. Gr- grills on. There so, was no employees. No. So I, I walk behind the Waffle House, and I'm like, they're, they're on a smoke break, like for sure. No one. Doors wide open. No way. No one's there. No one's there. What did I do? You went and made yourself food. I made myself food. No way. And then I just left not cash. Not a chance. Wait, that's hilarious. Yes. I wouldn't have paid. I don't know. No, if I yeah. Would. I made us some eggs. I did some hash browns. Did that little oil. That's hilarious. Sam. Yeah. It was just, it a, was crazy. That's a great story. Yeah, it was awesome. It was <laughs> awesome. That's it was so awesome. Funny. Right. I, w- I would say for me, my chicken rankings, uh, I don't know. I, I really like a variety, but I do love Chick-fil-A. I love Zaxby's, and I love Popeye's. I would say those are my top I three. feel like we have Chick-fil-A so much at FCA. Yeah. It's just Chick-fil-A fatigue. It's not that it's bad. Right. It's just fatigue. No, for sure. Like, there's only so much peanut oil I can ingest in life. I, will I feel f- like I'm getting to but my Canyons? limit. But Canyons? Oh, can we, can we shout out Canyons real quick? Because Canyons is so good. If you've never been to Canyons, go visit Canyons today. Lunch, dinner. That's why I asked if we were only doing fast food. Because yeah, no. Canyons is probably we, the best We love I Canyons. Have. This this episode's not sponsored by Canyons, but unofficially it is sponsored by Canyons because they love FCA and they love this campus so supportive. much. 
Um, if you remember, if you're listening to this as a Reinhardt athlete, at the kickoff, the hamburgers and the hot dogs, canyons. Go for their chicken fingers. They're or canyon bites. Canyon bites. Canyon bites, Can- canyon bites, canyon bites is a good. chicken so finger good. rolled in cheese and Texas toast that you dip in their canyon sauce. And it's it's not greasy. Like you, it yeah. sounds like it'd be greasy, they but it's great, really not. They have great salads, too. Great fries. Take it. They just don't have Coke Zero, which blows my mind. That yeah. feels like a missed opportunity. Very missed sure. opportunity. Yeah. I need to be able to pump those chemicals in my body so I can taste Coke without having the uh, the effects of Coke. Pause. Coca-Cola. That's, for All those right. who don't know, Canyon Bites are like I just, chicken mini. I just explained. Just bigger. I just explained them. Yeah, but the, it's... Anyway. Anyway. My fault. Anyway. All right. Last thoughts? Here, here's I got one question, and this is not to be a long form answer. Sam, Mary, and then I'll go. Sam, you can go first. Okay. What in the past week, in reading the scripture, has God taught you? Hmm. Hmm. Um. We are currently reading through First Peter in my D group, and um, one thing that I've uh, I've really really liked it's in First Peter chapter two. It's like 13 through 23, and uh, it, it talks about um, uh, honoring the government, but also it talks about honoring, it's, it's talking about servants, honor your masters. And uh, the part that stood out to me that uh, has really been on my heart was uh, it's saying, don't honor just the just masters, but the unjust. And uh, through honoring them, even the when they're unjust, it'll bring favor to the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of us have had crappy bosses in in the day or we we work with people who are mean with me not me I work hey yo me. bro is he calling out his bosses right now no, me no, and no, bill no, no, that's no. crazy no, i have great bosses i have great bosses um but i think i think we have a teacher or someone that is just difficult to be around and uh, we are supposed to honor yeah. them because it brings favor to the lord mm-hmm. and uh, i think that's not always easy not easy um i'll give you a phrase and for the listeners to remember Jesus visits us Jesus visits us daily often in a disturbing disguise. Jesus talks about you feed the poor you're supposed to clothe the unclothed you visit them in prison and they and Jesus says you never did that for me and people say well how are we to do that you were never here those that you do for the least of these you do unto me and there's a lot of times where there's people in our life that are in a very unpleasant place and they act very unpleasantly. It might be Jesus giving you the opportunity to love him through that person. And so often Jesus presents himself in a disturbing disguise and we have to honor them. That's good. That's good. I didn't know where you were going with that. Neither did I. Oh yeah. You thought it was just like Jesus is in. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know which <laughs> crazy. All right, Mary, what has God taught you this past week? Um, I'm in Galatians and, um, Galatians three, one through 14 specifically, um, talking about, if you read Galatians, it's really just the gospel over and over and, and Paul really hammering into the Galatian people that, um, salvation is by grace and through faith alone. And so learning, you know, when we go back to Genesis 15, six, where it says, um, Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteous. Um, And so learning even from the very beginning, 
salvation was never based off of our works or performance. It's always been by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Um, and so believing um, for Abraham the promise of the coming Christ and for us believing in Christ's um, death and resurrection. And so I think for a lot of my life, um, I have struggled with legalism mm, and sure. um, trying to be good enough, trying to earn God's favor or merit and and really distorting the gospel. Um, and so I, I struggled with that a lot growing up, thinking that I needed to perform for God to be happy with me or proud of me or 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 even just like not disgusted with me, you know? And so yeah. um, it really took over a lot of how I viewed the gospel, which was really wrong, and it robbed the Lord of his glory. And so just learning through Galatians right now, um, it's it's really just a reminder for me um, how, you know, the Judaizers were teaching a false gospel of Jesus plus circumcision. And um, I, I, I think a lot of times in my life I have been guilty of Jesus plus my works of some sort, whether I would say it or not, um, I would feel that way. And so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm learning right now through Galatians. Are you familiar with Dallas Willard? Mm -mm. He was a theology professor. He's a great quote on that. God is opposed to earning. God is not opposed to effort. Mm, that's good. God is opposed to us working for our salvation he is not opposed to us being obedient from our salvation. That's right. Good. Our work should be a result of our salvation, mm. not to earn our salvation. Yeah. Good. That's good stuff. And the Lord's been teaching me a lot, but one thing that I think I'm really landing on is I'm going back through the book of Jonah and I'm trying to formulate some leadership talks out of it and getting deep in it. And what I've seen within the first chapter of Jonah as leaders, as literally anybody, but especially as leaders Every decision we make not only affects us, but affects those around us in our sphere of influence. So as the leader of my family, every decision I make affects them. As a leader of FCA, every decision I make affects those involved with FCA. And the Lord's shown me by Jonah's disobedience to run away and get on that ship. His decision for disobedience caused a storm that didn't just happen to Jonah, but happened to every sailor upon that ship. And God can bring good out of that. We see that the the sailors build an altar when they get to where they're going. But every decision we make, whether good, whether bad, there's consequences, whether positive or negative consequences, every decision we make, everyone has consequences for not only us, but for those around us in our immediate context. And so that should encourage us to be even more faithful to God, to be a better steward of the relationships around us. So to be confident in our obedience and that God will work everything else out no matter what. That's good. All right, well, episode one in the books, talked about a lot. Um, this was more so just to get the ground running. In the coming weeks, we'll have uh, a lot more to talk about. We got some things in the works. Um, every week, we're going to drop this every week, and we're going to stay on, and uh, hopefully you'll be a listener, and you'll be able to, to get a little bit out of this because we love you guys uh reinhardt athletes and whoever else is listening but we love reinhardt and we love the athletes at reinhardt so we want to give you another place of encouragement maybe you listen to this every week while you're on a long run or while you're lifting weights or while you're doing the dishes that you're letting soak because you're lazy because that's normal to do it's not normal don't let anybody tell you that 
anyway anyway we love you guys and we will see you next week bye